Hello, and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. And my name is Dave. And my name is Chris. I'm coming at you. Coming at you. You got a lot of energy. I'm trying to. I'm trying. I think this is my new thing. Dave's got a lot of energy right now. I have energy because I listen to the show, and it's like, it's like we're sleeping on the show, and I don't like that. Yeah. You listen to a good show like Stephen A. Smith on ESPN. He's very animated, or Howard Stern. He's animated. Sometimes those they have too much energy. It's like too anno- much. It's like annoying. That's true. Too yeah. much energy is annoying. That's true. So how are you? I'm good. I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here, and I'm ready for a good show. Are you Are you ripping and ready to run? What do you like to say? Ripping and running. That's what you say. No, ripping and running is like when you're out running the streets. I hate it talking when people to say that. The only person I like when he says that is like some real degenerate who literally rips and runs. Yeah. Yeah. Even when we're ripping and running. Not some like treatment center kid that ran away for a little bit. They're not ripping and running. Well, they say they are. But somebody who's really hustling. Yeah. I I don't feel... You know, I bet you Brandon Novak was ripping and running. Yeah. Like toothless and having sex with his mom and whatever. For sure. Like that's serious ripping and running. Do you think I ripped and ran? Um, No. You know, as bad as you are, I just don't see it like that. Well, because I think ripping and running is like you get to a point where you're just totally tapped out and then your real hustle comes on and I would get to that point and I would last maybe another two to five days and right. I'd call my parents yeah. and put me in some You didn't become like reptilian hustler mode. No. I would get there and I would do it for a very brief period and it was at the most like a month I'd be out and then I couldn't handle it and I'm a baby and I'd be like, help. Well, I can't even, I mean, it's funny, because I, I, it's hard to imagine the month of you like that, because I, I see you as just going totally crazy, instead of like going, like Brandon Novak in my mind, and I'm just using him as an example, that dude guy that I used to cop from on the Lower East Side, yeah. and I'm talking about like classic junky scumbag hustlers yeah you know the guys who are like wearing like scarves during the summer and shit yeah like the real like yeah. styly type of guy yeah you know like their hustle is intense they're robbing people yeah. they're splitting drugs they're showing up at a chick's house to fuck them and steal their credit card so they can cop the next day yeah like and i'm not knocking you or whatever hustle you had I mean, I was not ripping and running Mine like that weak. either. It was over withdrawing my bank account, the girl I was running with, and then I was actually just telling someone this today. One time at the end of a run, I was living in a dugout with this chick. And What's we were, a dugout? Like at a baseball field. Okay, a real dugout. A real dugout. How long um, were you living there? A day. <laughs> but like, <laughs> me this, been, like I, you know what I pictured when you on, said like, it, though? street for like a couple days. But when you and, pictured it, I was picturing this. You and some fucked up young junkie type, you like sitting on a, a crate reading the newspaper while there's like a garbage can on fire burning. The junkie <laughs> no. chick has a basin and she's washing her clothes in the dugout, yeah. hanging up clothes on a line in the yeah. dugout, like really living in the dugout. No, no, it wasn't like that. It we was stealing like that. Uh, beef jerky and 40s from the local um, uh, supermarket. So you didn't really make the dugout your home? No. We had sex in the dugout. How many times? Butt sex. You had anal sex in the dugout? No lube. <laughs> anal sex in the dugout with no with lube. Beef jerkies and 40 for a couple... That was like a day. We did, that was like the final one. And then I was like, I couldn't handle it anymore. And I went to go to rehab. 
And I was able to check in, and she could You, like, came on her butt, and you were like, that's it, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm done. I'm leaving you, baby. Dude, that chick's been clean seven years now, and she's, a, like, a court reporter or whatever. Like, the little person who types up all the shit. That's what she does. I'm sure her bottom was cleaning your semen off her ass as, as she left the dugout. <laughs> she shame. got clean shortly thereafter. Although, she, the guy she dated after me, from something that happened with her, he ended up going to prison for ten years. Well, she can pick him. Yeah. <laughs> but, dude. Wait, first off, shout out real quickly before we forget. I, sure. No, what were you saying? I don't know. No, it's gone. All right. I was just imagining, like, real dugout living, like, for extended periods of time. You need well, to I find... was fucking great because it was just, like, a, a, abandoned shitty baseball field that they weren't cutting. And so there was these, like, big... St- in like, California? Cement, yeah, like, bunkers. And it was in, like, Azusa or some shit. I bet you they're still there. And nobody was there. It was like, like Kensington. There was so many like empty beer bottles and shit in there. Like it was definitely like a place where like the kids went to drink, and it was like secluded, and nobody used it. Would you say that Kensington probably has a selection of dugouts to fucking get high in, or no? Maybe I don't know. I don't know anything about Kensington except for what the Dopey Nation has told Tim, us. Tim from Kensington, they got any dugouts you can live and wash clothes in and stuff? Yeah. Do you think anybody who's living in dugouts, like, wash clothes and hangs them on the line in the dugout? I'm sure people have. Like a really conscientious I'm junkie? Sure, I'm sure people have. Um, but I feel like it would get shut down. Do your do the shout-out now, because oh, now somebody's shout, wondering. Oh, yeah, so shout-out to Tyler. Do you think it's on, F on, or, or the other one? I don't know There's which two one. big Tyler, Tyler on behalf of Madeline. I think it's pronounced Madeline. Madeline, his girlfriend. We received an, an email. I'll read real quickly. It says, hey, Chris and Dave, how's it going? I just want to say that your podcast is great. I recently started dating this guy, Tyler, and he's now sober, but I've never dated anyone with a history of addiction or anything like that. And he's really fucking obsessed with your podcast and plays it all the time. At first, I was just listening with him to be nice and agreeable, but now I legitimately listen to it on my own. It's kind of hilarious to both of us. It's also really helped me understand where he's coming from and how his brain works, which I guess is some important shit in relationships, right? Anyways, keep up what you're doing because random normies like me are out there listening sometimes. Also, you love sometimes. You I love, love sometimes. Uh, also, I know how psycho you guys are about your ratings on iTunes, so I thought I'd tell you that it won't let me rate you five stars on there. Don't know if it's a glitch or something with iTunes, but you might want to look into that if you're amped about getting good ratings. Thanks for being rad and winning me points with Tyler, Madeline. She's awesome. She there wants to win points with Tyler. Yeah. There's two Tylers. Who are really into dope. Don't say their last name. There's Tyler F. Yeah. And then the, I think Tyler S. I thought there was more than two. I feel like I'm Maybe there's a Tyler D, too. Well, Tyler D's from Fight Club. There's another Tyler. I think it's Tyler S and Tyler F. I think. But forgive me, Tyler. And we need to... I think we need to give uh, Scott Countryman a shout-out. Oh, yeah, Scott. You know what's funny? On my birthday, I'm, I'm friends with this... Uh, can we say, we say his whole name, right? Scott Countryman. Yeah. I just said it, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, but we're allowed, right? Um, yes. So we're, I'm friends with this Dopey Nation guy on my Facebook page, and it was my birthday the other day, and he just writes, you're fat. <laughs> I noticed that. I like that. That was funny. It made me chuckle. It was a good one, Scott. You're a very interesting character. Why? You just are. 
Um, what did you write on my happy birthday? I wrote happy fucking birthday, and I put the classic picture oh, yeah, of you, you in front the of the cereal. Yeah, people like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was kidding? that was during uh, dopey recording. That must have been like a Hotel highlight. Indigo that night. Wasn't that a highlight birthday post? You know who had the best birthday post on your whole thing though? Who? Teens. Oh, teens was great with yeah. the East Side. I was yeah, so I jealous. East Side cracker. Dopey Nation. One of the um, one of our longtime listeners. Posted a picture of the East Side crackhead who was on one of our episodes. Who was this ex-homeless crackhead rapper? Um, look it up; it's a great episode. And she photoshopped her face like hanging out with him. And posted I thought that. she was really with him. No, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I also just want to say that Scott, you know, he would have had a shout out right away, but he created so many negative vibes. He they, well, like we had that whole. Um, Chris Dave thing going on, and then he was just Team Dave, Team Dave, smashing me left and right. But then he also, Scott Country, and, and now he's going to become Team Chris, but he might be the biggest whore in uh, Recovery Podcast. Oh, yeah. Scott Country, you're a fucking <laughs> podcast slut. He goes <laughs> on every podcast with Recovery, and he tells he the same sits, story. He just sits there. What has he been on? He's released into captivity, church and other drugs, us, anything else? I think he was on Share. Was he on Share? I don't know. <laughs> Were you on Scott, Share? you got to get on Share and that sober guy. We should have... I want Scott to call in again, though. Yeah. I want him to stay... Team Dave, buddy. <laughs> Team Dave. Uh, um, I, I, I Listen, I do not want to be... If I was to pick a team, it would totally be Team Dave. I meant Team Chris. I would totally be Team Chris. That was a slip. No, I was making a joke. It just wasn't that funny. I'd pick Team Dave, too. Years. I, I hate myself. You, you remind me of that on a daily basis. You would pick Team Chris. You would pick Team Dave to divert your actual desire. Um, okay, so what's uh, what do we got? What's no, no, no. Oh, Cormac. What about him? We gotta give the Cormac. We're doing shout-outs. Tell the Cormac. Cormac... Is a listener. He might be the greatest listener we have. Yeah. You know, I know we're just sitting here drooling over our fans, except for calling Scott a podcast whore. Yeah. Which is funny. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, that's funny that Scott's like, he's like those guests on talk shows that make the talk show circuit. Yeah. He does the recovery podcast circuit. Yeah. I think that's kind of funny. He does. But. That is funny. You know, he's a, he's a good dopey. The thing that makes me angry about Scott, and I love Scott, you know, me and Scott are, are buddies. Yeah. He'll write reviews that big up other podcasts before us. Yeah. He'll, like, write a review on... No, you're upset that he wrote a review on ours first, and then he started, as you said, bigging up other podcasts, saying... Why don't you like that expression, bigging up? I just never heard you use it. But you know what we're doing to Scott right now? What? We're feeding the flames of his podcast sluttiness his by frenzy? talking about him. Every fucking second we talk about him, he's just loving it more and more. You think he's so? sitting at Monero's at his restaurant, just basking in this. You think so? Yeah, he's looking around probably at his people who work with him, and he's like just smitten. I also want to say this. And what's up to the crew at Monero's? What's up? What's up, Monero's, guys? <laughs> if they're listening. Maybe they're tired of this. Maybe they listen to church and other drugs now on Sunday mornings. Maybe. Or released into captivity. Yeah. Or fucking share. Or th- he also wrote that sober guy. Yeah. Fucking Scott. You mean he wrote that sober guy and he told him uh, to come on Dopey. That's true. Yeah. So then the other thing I wanted to bring up before we get to Cormac, they're just going to do some fan stuff for a second. Yeah. Is um, what? Brian Chang. Yeah. He's a gay listener in San Francisco. And Dave had copious use of the word faggot. In the last email, which offended me a little bit. I can't even believe you're just coming out with it like that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
No, but Brian, what did, did he did say? Did we email? Did we proactively email? No, we mentioned. I wonder what what Brian thought of it. In, well, I in gave the show. Brian a shout out at yeah. the end because me and Brian are like, yeah, and I'm not homophobic. Brian knows that. Yeah. Even though I like it when Ishmael says faggot. Who cares? What did Brian write? Can you read it real fast? Yeah. Thank you. Um, he wrote two things. He said, guys, incessant use of faggot again. Did you miss me or something, Dave? I know I hadn't messaged in a while. I'm still listening for now. Also, Chris nailed it when saying that at finer establishments, they probably would be more conscious of what words they use, unlike some gross monstro spewing out hateful words over a greasy grill. I just want to say something really quickly. Monstro's a really beautiful guy. Let's just not call it. I, Monstro gave me this evil look the other day, and even though he's blind in one eye, yeah. I thought it was because he heard Dopey and he heard me talk shit. So I just want to say, Monstro <laughs> is a wonderful person. Okay, and then he goes on, he says, I'm no bleeding liberal, and I get that you're not homophobes. We are also not racist, but we wouldn't go around saying N-word this and N-word that. I also get that it's a generational thing. Over 40s versus under 40s. It takes a little longer for us over 40s to get woke. Anyways, in closing, I know this shtick, Chris, it's pronounced exactly like it's spelled, is for you two to flow freely, and it's great and it works. But I'm just asking, as a member of the Dopey Nation, albeit a gay one, to please be a little more conscious on using that word incessantly. I know it's funny and ha-ha to many, but keep in mind that the word faggot is being hatefully yelled at while one is being bashed in the head. I'm not usually this sensitive, but look at it from a recovery aspect. What if there was a GA, which would be Gay Anonymous, where victims of bullying or bashing go to recover, and they happen to listen to this podcast because of addiction issues, and they hear these words that have caused major trauma to them? I've spent way too much on this. I will end with that, Dave. Whenever you sing, live on, record... I love it. When you sing live or on record. Ah, uh, not live on live or record. Okay. But bye for now, you straighties. There's just no straight derogatory equivalent. Brian. What's up, Brian? And Scott also emailed one. us and said that um, at Monero, you can never faggot. do it. Yeah, um, yeah we're not going to do that anymore. What about just to have Ishmael do it once, though? That would be good. Okay. Now, now here's a second one, though, right after that. So read that one. Uh, after that, he said... Thanks for the shout out. Loved it. And yes, of course, I spouted out Ray Faggot. Reply Faggot. Would you expect anything less from me? What does that mean? Oh, because he, I think he wrote the email. This is not. He wrote the email yeah. before he heard his shout out. Oh. And okay. then he heard his shout out oh, and hilarious. he's like, that's in response. Because then we mentioned him. Yeah. Yeah. So that's funny. Okay. So tell him about Cormac. Okay. So Cormac, again, is. Besides everybody else, or even including everybody else, Cormac is probably our best listener. I hate to say it. Cormac fucking set up... I hate to say it? Because, you know, I don't want to put anybody down. Yeah. But fucking Cormac set up the fucking Reddit, sends in... You know, we're going to play Cormac good so bad. And who reeled that listener in, by the way? Which one? Cormac. No, he came from me. Yeah, I was saying... He's the listserv guy. It was you. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Team Chris. Thank you very much, Team Chris. Um, I feel good. I Listen, Cormac set up the Reddit page. He records versions of our songs. Yeah. He did possibly the best Dopey theme song version. Yeah. And um, he hits me up. That guitar riff was fucking amazing in it. And the vocal. Yeah. He's a monster. Yeah. Monster musician. He's a monster. <laughs> He's a monster. He's yeah. a monster musician. Yeah. He, and, and like, so anyway... 
he tells me, he writes Chris and I, and he says, I'm going to come to New York. What about Randy, though? How do we put, how do we not mention Randy? Yeah, Randy's amazing. Um, I'm coming to New York, and I want to take you guys to dinner. That's why I thought of Randy. Yeah. Because um, Randy did take us to dinner. Yeah. And, um, and Chris responds, well, I'm not going to be around. And I respond, you know what, Cormac? You don't have to take us to dinner. You bring your whole family to my restaurant, and I'll buy you all dinner. Lunch. Yeah. Buy you all lunch. And he said, oh, that'd be cool, whatever. So it's one day. It's, I think it's Thursday. Yeah. And the place is fucking packed. Yeah. Super busy. And I'm working like a slave. Running around. Very, 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 very busy. And then I see this dude come in. Wearing khaki shorts. Like a nice, like, bright plaid summer shirt. Yeah. And the fucking dopey snapback, red, half cocked on his yeah. head, like fucking yeah, yeah. And he and he looks at me, and I'm like, oh shit. And yeah. I gave him a hug. Yeah. And then he didn't get to sit in my station. He sat in the back, and Lenny yeah. and Lenny was taking care of him. I brought him some samples of food. Yeah. I ordered him some stuff. Yeah. And then I go to work, and my station is fucking bananas. It's just like wall to wall. So you can't give him any attention. Well, I got I, I went over them. I met his wife. I met his mother. I met his mother-in-law. I met his two daughters. A beautiful bunch. I told him how talented I thought he was. Yeah. I didn't mention that he was a drug addict and I have a drug show. <laughs> yeah. I figured I'd keep that under wraps. Well, I think his hat kind of gave it away. His daughter's like seven oh. and ten. I don't think so. <laughs> right. And um, and then uh, I went to work and my station like it was like every stereotype possible to be in my station it was like first it was like some family from illinois the the classic white bread group ordering bad shit and then the 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 worst jew by himself sitting with strangers mocking me because he hasn't been in new york in a while and what did did they get matzo ball soup and latkes and what do they get all jews who haven't been in new york for a while start with a hot dog what? To show that's what they they start with a hot dog to Why? show me they're part of the initiated and they scream at me. What does that mean, part of the initiated? It's like okay, because back in the day, Jews had less money. Yeah, they weren't oh, all so successful. Hot dogs were cheap. Hot dogs were cheap, and it was like the appetizer. Yeah. Okay, and now they 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 value that. Even rich people, they come in and they get a hot dog first. Clive Davis yeah. got a hot dog first. It's just an old Jew thing to do where I work. Okay. And he's like yelling at me and I'm just like and I yell back and it's yeah. like it's just such a disaster and, and and then the next guy on the like we have tables on the side yeah. and, and I had four tables in my station. Or I actually had five that day because one of the waiters was being lazy and he asked me to take one of his tables and I was happy to do it. And then I turn around and somebody who's not in waiter service is like, Can you take care of me? And I'm like, sure. And that was this very odd, like semi like retarded bunch and I'm taking care of them and then this woman goes can you take care of me and it's a nun and I go I go okay and she yeah. goes and can you like take like in her nun stuff? yeah in her habit yeah. <laughs> and she goes and can you take care of the father as well she and it's a priest to him as the father yes and it's a priest yeah, they're Catholics then yeah I suppose yeah and I took care of them yeah and then uh, the, uh, they, the woman the maitre d sits down a party of six and I walk over to them and I'm like, and, and Cormac's in the back. 
So I'm just spread very thin. All this stuff is just flying at me. And then they sit down this party of six middle-aged Latin guys. And I go over to them and I'm like, what do you guys want? And they're kind of like, they seem like dicks at first. Yeah. And, And they were like, and they start yelling that they want beer and this and that. And I was like, wait a second. I was like, I know you guys. And they were like, yeah, we're in a band. And I was like, Los Lobos? You called it? Yeah. <laughs> and it was fucking Los Lobos. That's and I've, to- I've told you the story. You told me the story and tell them the rest. But what do you mean? What's the rest? What you got? Oh, but the, the thing about it to me, it's like you could not ask for the more perfect bunch of randos than a priest, a nun, <laughs> a New Yorker, Cormac, and Los Lobos. And Illinois. Well, the Illinois whiteies don't really count. Fuck. Pause it. So I'm working and I tell Los Lobos about Dopey and um, I was like, dude, could you record like a little bit saying that you're the guy from Los Lobos and you're listening to Dopey? And he said, sure. So this is that. Hey, this is David Hidalgo from Los Lobos. Listen to Dopey and don't do drugs. And there you go. But the irony of it is... And then Dave tells me about Los Lobos after this happens. And I'm like, oh, the, the song Shotgun. And then you just bashed me. Well, they covered a very famous That's version of Shotgun. That's the only song I know that they did. What about La Bamba? Oh, I know La Bamba. Dude, I was like, I was like, <laughs> I was like hey, Los Lobos, you guys did an amazing cover of La Bamba <laughs> when I was 12. <laughs> they were like, yeah, that was a long time ago, man. Yeah. Um, and I was like, and you guys like Jerry Garcia. You're always playing Jerry Garcia festivals. And they're like, yeah, we like Jerry Garcia. I was like, all right, that's all I got. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Is that really what I was Yeah, like? that's all yeah. I could, you know, I couldn't really talk about much. He said he was going to invite, and then he, they, they didn't tip good. Really? I shouldn't well, even I, say I wouldn't that. think the Los, Los Lobos were, you know. Well, you don't think Mexican? Loot? Why not? La Bamba? It's a monster hit. Did they, they didn't do the original. Mantro. No. Richie Valens did. Yeah. But Los Lobos' version was great. They tore the world. Yeah. They're the biggest... They're big. Yeah. Not that big. Yeah. Not that big. Um, I still... Listen, Los Lobos, God bless you. Thank you for doing the voicemail. The voice memo. But the funniest thing about that, it's like, I could do that. Yeah. Hey, this is David Hidalgo of Los Lobos. You're listening to Dopey. Don't do drugs. Were you supposed to sound like some Russian? I'm just saying, and you could do it, and they wouldn't oh, know what oh, David Hildago oh, yeah, from yeah, yeah. Los Lobos sounds like. Um, but then on the other hand, I told my friend about the Artie Lang story, and he goes, he goes, well, you recorded him, right? He goes, you could have done Dopey right there. Yeah, you should have recorded him. No shit. Yeah. Ugh. Should have had a cigarette, too. <laughs> um... So, but just to wrap it up real quickly, the Cormac piece. Oh! Thank you, Cormac. The Cormac's not done. Okay. Then the next day, I met with Cormac, and we talked about Dopey. Yeah. And then, he sent me personalized Dopey guitar picks. Which is on Instagram. You can see, David. You can even have one. Yeah. They, um... Write us a review. You can have a guitar pick. My favorite thing with Cormac is, um, we discovered him from this thing, Listserv. I think I've said this before. And it's just this email um, list you can subscribe to. It's a lottery, and they pick one person every day, and you can write an email that everybody reads on the list that they sent to everybody. And there's like, whatever, 30,000, 35,000 people on this list. So I occasionally read them. They're mostly like boiled down spiritual crap. 
and um, that people say, or they talk about their day, or movies they like, and whatever. You can say anything. So it's mostly anyway, spiritual. Though. A lot of people try to say spiritual stuff, but it's like you can say whatever. You know, some people put like a recipe. And so, anyways, Cormac. One day I get it, and he writes like I don't even remember what it was. Like some weird research chemical, or like some dissociative or something like that. And he goes and he describes like the dissociatives he was taking, right? And, and then I respond to him and tell him about the podcast. And like, that's how we started communicating. And I said, did you get any other emails about that? Cause he basically wrote this email about taking these weird, bizarre drugs. You know what I mean? And nobody probably got it. And I was like, you know, I was like one of the few that I was like, Oh, like, I know what this guy's talking about. And, uh, he said he got an email from someone that just said dissociatives dot, 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 why don't you try associatives? Which I thought was so good because the way out from doing drugs, like dissociatives, is associating. It's being around other people, other recovering alcoholics. I always thought you had said that. No, somebody else had said it to him. And it stuck with me forever. And I've actually talked with Cormac about it like two or three times because it was such a simple sentence from a stranger that was impactful to him. And then even him just telling it to me, like it resonated, you know? Well, I think the most amazing thing is like, Disassociatives, opiates, alcohol, whatever. Yeah. Associatives is like the cure. Yeah. That's, no matter that's what. The cure. That's the cure. I think that's the fucking cure for so much shit. Do you know what I mean? Not just drug addiction. Depression, obesity. Yeah. What I else? mean, it helps it a lot. What else is I mean, a cure? I mean, it cures. No, I'm not even joking about I'm depression joking and obesity. Either. Like, it's really helpful, you know? Well, they the, even look in, like, certain cultures. I was like, I posted this on Facebook the other day. Like, the cultures that have, like, real community based um, living have, like, much better um, quality of life for people who are schizophrenic, who, you know, all sorts of stuff. Because they're not alone so much. Yeah, and it's just like it's like it takes a village. Do you know what I mean? That sort of mentality with everything, you know, including mental health, including SMI. Well, in a situation like that, also, you're having a person, a community-based society. You actually are responsible for something. Yeah. In the community. Yeah. So you kind of have to show up. Yeah. And you have to do your thing. Yeah. Or else you're not like a... But the big piece, the associated piece is, is that, but it's also everybody's responsible for each other. If you even look, there's a documentary called Happy and they show that the, the happiest people, like who, and it's a self-reporting thing, but who score the highest on this scale, it's sort of like these communal living places where there's like families and stuff like that and they take turns cooking dinner and it's they like spend a lot of time with each other and they basically have connections with tons of people and they score the ha- the highest on this happiness scale. Who are these people? There was the one in the movie it was in like the Netherlands or Holland and it was like this giant apartment complex with all these different units of families and then like basically like one day a month like it's your turn to cook and there's like 30 families and they all get together and you have to make this huge meal and everybody knows each other and stuff and they're all just really fucking happy. I wonder what else they have going on though. What? You're, you immediately go to like bizarre orgy sex stuff. I know how you think. You know, you know what, you know what I went to? I, I went a little bit to that but it was more like like how many affairs do you think happen in that society? Maybe it's some sort of polyamorous thing which I don't get. I mean, I'm just saying like, maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's just joy and sharing responsibilities. I think it's probably being... more nothing because we have these dark attic brains that immediately go to, like, you know, the spaces we're talking about. I just, like, all that. It's, like, it's funny because in our society, in our world, it's so easy to be alone. 
You know, it's just so easy to be by yourself. And then that's even... You, can be, you know how many people in New York City, right outside your building, are totally fucking alone and surrounded by millions of people? Right. And just even something like a telephone makes them more alone. Yeah. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. they feel like they're connected yeah. and all they're doing is watching other people who feel like they're connected. Oh, my God. The advent like, of texting. It's made the whole world more alone. It's like, I'm, I'm all alone, you yeah. know? It's like, and it's like, we're not going to talk on the phone. I can't talk on the phone, but we can text for three hours. I don't, I, yeah, I do not get that. I can't do it either. Yeah. Like I'm the worst at that. You are, of everyone in, that I'm friends with, we talk on the phone, we text, but I talk on the phone to you a lot. You don't really do marathon texting at all. I can't do it. Yeah. What am I going to write? I write like four things. I write ha ha. That's what else do I write? Downloads are good. Yeah, downloads are bad. <laughs> downloads are good. Ha <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Yeah. What are you doing? Uh, that's it. Totally. That's all I text. Mm. Um, or true. I'll write sometimes. Okay. There's other news. This week has been a very eventful week. Chris turned 33 years old. Thank you. Happy birthday. Jesus' age when he was crucified. Nice. I like to tell everybody. And he was um, he was very lonely on his birthday, and then all of a sudden he was with people, and the next day he felt better. Totally. Which is a story of association. It's a total story of association. I got my two years clean, and my uh, three, now four weeks tomorrow of nicotine free. That's amazing. Can you believe that shit? Uh, you're not nicotine free. You're no. smoke free. Smoke free. Because you've been vaping today. Yeah, but I haven't been vaping every day. Yes. Um, but I'm I'm cigarette. Free. It's a dopey dispensation for vaping. No, if I can, if I remember to grab one of, the, I buy with that that thing. Yeah. The logic thing. Do you think it's called? Yeah, yeah. The logic or blue. Todd. Todd told me. I hate those things. Yeah, but it's like if you have nothing and you really want something, it's way better than nothing. Yeah. But then again. I can't even believe that I've made it a month without smoking. I'm shocked. I never thought you'd quit. I thought you'd die of emphysema. I still can. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I know, but when I don't have the little thing, yeah. it's almost better. Because you suck on that little thing like it's smoking. It sucks. It's not even relieving. But I'm telling you this. And this is to all the smokers in the Dopey Nation who actually want to quit. Yeah. Um, I got no advice. No. Um, smoking is the biggest... It's just such a lie. Yeah. I mean, all addiction is a lie, but at least when you do drugs, you get high. Yeah. You know, smoking... Smoking's nothing. You smoke... You just die. You just slowly die. You, I mean... And, and if you're living in New York, spending a ridiculous amount of money. Smoking... $5,000 a year. Approximately. Yeah. Smoking, though, it's like you have this idea that you're taking this time for yourself. Yeah. That's the first idea. You, you, and you, I guess you're taking time. There's something to that, I think. You know, and if you could, you know, to quote Noah Levine or to rehash our conversation is that if you could bring mindfulness to the act of smoking, I do think like getting out and pausing a few times a day could be a good thing. But when you smoke a pack, it's just ridiculous. Right, I would smoke a pack. Yeah, and then, I think if you, see, I think there probably is some weird, rare people who can actually add mindfulness to smoking. Sure. Um, I also Stays think rolling his eyes. At me right like, what's now? the point? What's the point of like advertising mindfulness to smoke? It's like, what's the point? I don't know, man. I'm telling I'm so, you this. It came to me when I was meditating the other day. Yeah, in the, the closet. You were smoking. You were smoking, smoking a cigarette in the closet, <laughs> meditating. I'm like, what's that smell? Um, I really think that uh, when I started smoking, 
I remember. I was total pothead, and Todd, probably, yeah. said, it's proven that if you smoke cigarettes while you smoke weed, you'll get 30% higher. I've heard that, too. So, I heard that when I was younger. So then I was like... I heard the same... Like, I don't know if it was the same... St- it, it was Todd. Was the same statistic. Todd showed up in your town. <laughs> I don't know if it was the same statistic, but I heard a statistic like that or something when I was like 15 and smoking weed. Yeah. So I was like, I, I could go for 30% higher. And then it was like this is really something great to do with myself. Then it's like, and I look so much cooler and I feel so sophisticated. And then it was like rolling spliffs with like hash and tobacco and being in Amsterdam or something. I only spliffed in the Caribbean. I never really got into spliffs. I loved smoking spliffs. They say in the Caribbean, you smoke straight or you smoke spliff. They say, oh, you you smoking? They say smoke straight. They say smoke spliff. And it's like, uh, I like smoking spliffs and everything. They just like, it's just like actual tobacco leaves. How would you say it? I don't know. I don't how, would, how would you say it? Smoke straight. You'd say, I smoke straight. I smoke straight. They're like, boy! <laughs> um, what are we talking about right talking now? about smoking. Oh, smoking. And then... Oh, your dreams. But before we get to my dreams, then as I became more of a drug addict and I would do heroin or pills, the cigarettes were the best. Fucking nodding you out and smoking. You feel them better. Dude, you can see... I'll try to take pictures. Um, Dopey Nation, if you're on the younger side... Dave and I, Dave longer than me, we experienced the era of cigarettes before they had chemicals in it that put them out. So cigarettes, you used to be able to light a cigarette and it would just burn down to the filter. And then in about 2004, 2005, they added shit so they go out. That's like safety cigarettes or something. I don't know. Um, But back when you were nodding out back in the day, you'd have it in your hand and and it would just sizzle right on your hands. And I literally have craters in my hand, not craters, but scars in my hand. Because I'd wake up and it would just be burned out on my hand. For 10 years, I did not own a shirt or a pair of pants that didn't have burn holes. Because of that, right? Dude, yeah. I would just burn myself. <laughs> Is that what, how you lit your, your couch on fire? The flaming couch story? Is that from a cigarette? Of course. Yeah. Of course. It was, it was a cigarette, a non-retardant, with a retarded <laughs> drug addict and a non-retardant cigarette. Um, that was but good. So that was good. It's very, very, very nice to not smoke. I still am, like, irritable and crazy, and I want to smoke. But the thing that keeps me from smoking, it's like a cigarette is so... It's it's just like... Na- if you don't smoke, it becomes nasty. Yeah. You know, I don't... I wouldn't mind the first, like, 15 drags, yeah. but the last 15 drags I don't want. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want that nasty yellow filter in my hand. Yeah, it's all smushy. And it's like, I have a kid... And like not smoking, not smoking, and also I think think, you know it was one of the most impactful things you said about smoking in Dopey was that um, Tenora the uh, the am I allowed to say that you shouldn't but continue the the uh, smell of cigarettes reminds her of Daddy yeah Daddy cigarettes smell smell. like Daddy (laughs) and then like oh I remember Linda wanted me to tell Nora that I you gotta believe everything. You say them both frequently. It doesn't recently. matter. She wanted me to tell her that I was going to quit like a yeah. long time ago. Yeah. And, and, and Linda was really mad yeah. about the smoking. She was like, she really wanted it to stop because I was a horrible smoker. Yeah. I would smoke so much that when I would go to bed at night, I would wheeze. Like yeah. you'd hear my lungs whistling. Uh, during the day, 
my lungs were hurt. Yeah. I would feel it in my heart. Yeah. I would get sick all the time just yeah. from the smoking. Yeah. And so, like, it's a bummer for your partner to be this nasty fucking chain-smoking piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I remember I went to my daughter and I was like, Daddy's not going to smoke anymore. And I never smoked in front of her. You know what yeah. I mean? I would never smoke in front of her. She never saw me smoking. Yeah. But I was like, I'm not. She knew I was smoking. I was yeah. like, I'm not going to smoke anymore. And I was like, I'm going to throw them all down the toilet. And I took a pack of Marlboros and I threw them down the toilet. Yeah. And then I like started smoking again the next day. Yeah. And I smoked for another few months. Yeah. So now that I actually have a month, it's amazing. It's like I can't really just pick up a cigarette. Congratulations. And I was with Artie Lang. And you didn't. Artie Lang smoking amazing. Marlboros, and I'm in this box with him. I and I, for sure you would have caved then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't. Um, let's play the voicemail. What about the dreams? Um, they, uh, you want to do dreams? Play the voice memo. Let's do the voice. We'll circle back. And we'll circle back. All right, guys. This is a voice memo from Andrew. Um, and check it out. He's from Canada. Chris, Dave, Dopey Nation, man. What the fuck is happening? Um, my name's Andrew. I'm from Northern Canada. NWT to be specific. It's a warm Saturday night. It's beautiful. Not really. There's forest fire smoke everywhere. You can't even see the fucking sky. It's fucking with my lungs. But, you know, whatever. It's cool. Um, normally, I'd be going out getting shit-faced because uh, I'm an alcoholic fiend. But I blacked out yesterday, so I'm just going to take her easy. I got this bong right in front of me, four-star bud. Uh, I'm just going to toke that shit like crazy. Eat some brownies, watch a movie, jerk off. I don't know. We'll fucking see. Um, and I make it sound so great, um, but it's a it's a fucking problem, man. Like, I've been smoking so much, like, to the point where I'm, like, quitting every day. I just keep buying, and I smoke to the point. I'm sure all the dopey nation, like, you fuckers um, who smoke weed, y'all know what I'm talking about when you just smoke, like, like the fourth time. You're not even getting high anymore. You're just kind of like tired and you feel like shit. Um, like that's, that's me. That's what I'm doing. Um, but for some fucking reason, I just can't leave it alone. Like I know it's bad and I know when I smoke it, I just smoke too much to the point of like discomfort and shit, but I can't just put it away. Like, um, uh, I have fucking varsity soccer tryouts in like two weeks and I've been smoking nonstop, like crazy. And I put on some weight. I'm just not prepared. I'm antisocial when I'm fucking high. Um, it's put a lot of risk between, you know, my significant others, my family. You know, it's been, it's been fucked up. Um, but anyways, uh, I just want to talk about a few things. Like, I had a lot of things to say to you guys, man. Like, I've been listening to all your episodes. I listened to all of them. I finished the 92nd one yesterday, and it was a sad fucking day. Like, what, what the fuck am I supposed to listen to now, man? Like, I've tried... So many other podcasts, but they're just so dry and dull and fucking boring. Um, tried Joe Rogan, but I just couldn't get into it. You guys are the only podcasts that I really fucking enjoyed. And obviously, I'm, that's kind of like biased because, you know, I love drugs and I love hearing other people's story because I love to max out too, man. I go I go ham, like it's blackout or go home kind of thing, right? Um. So, yeah, like, I'm about to smoke, and, like, I just wanted to say, like, you guys get a lot of flack um, for, like, influencing people to use again. Uh, Like, me included. Like, I listen to all your episodes, like I said, and while I listen to them, I just hear stories about, like, weed and M and shit. 
I'm like, damn, like, I just want to go home and fucking, you know, toke a few bowls and just chill and all this in mind, like, while I'm trying to quit and shit, too. But that's just because I have weak fucking will, like, horrible. And the slightest little thing will make me use again. And um, I feel like that's the case for everyone else that you have, quote unquote, like, influenced. But it's entirely them. Like, you guys have nothing to do with it. Like, they're making that decision themselves and you guys shouldn't be getting flack for talking about hilarious shit. Um, but yeah, like, um, I'll hit you with a bit of dopey right now, I guess. Um, so me and my buddy were chilling. Uh, a few of our friends came over and we were going to go to a rave in uh, Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, so we were going to do some Molly. So each pill was 0.25. So, you know, pretty hefty fucking amount. And, um, we were just pre-gaming. So we popped one, took a few shots of goose, and then we head out to the rave and it was fucking, it was, it was awesome. Like, no, it was nothing abnormal. Like everybody was good vibes or friendly. Uh, so when we got there, we sat down, it was just starting to pick up a bit. And then the M started to hit me, you know, my body started feeling light. My stomach started getting butterflies and my face was warm and I just started tracing around my eye with my index finger because it just felt so good to like just like touch myself. It was awesome. Uh, then we decided to dance, you know, bust some moves because the ray was starting to pick up and we took the second pill and an hour later we were speaking, we were flying, we we're having a good time. And then around midnight, I was like, homie, like, let's take another fucking pill. Like, let's do this. So I took it and I was in a rush. I just wanted to get it over with and start grooving again. And I like choked on the fucking pill and I coughed it out. I looked on the ground. There's like half an empty capsule of like the, the pill. I was like, fuck. Like I just, I choked on it. I wasted it. So I went to my buddy who was like dealing, uh, like more at the party. Like what do they call them? Pigs or something? I don't fucking know. Um, but he hooked me up. I was like, yo, I choked on it. I dropped it, man. You got to hook me up. You got to hook me up. So, um, he did. I popped it. Everything was chill. And then I just, I started like sniffing a bit. And I, I felt something like in my fucking nasal cavity. Like it was the other half of the pill. So like I sniffed like as hard as I could. And all the M wasn't on the ground. It was in that half of the capsule. So I fucking snorted another 0.25 grams of MDMA and I snorted it and I swallowed the pill and all like the M and shit I just looked at my buddy I was like what the fuck I was like yo I'm on a gram of Molly right now like you just gotta look out for me like I was worried for myself like genuinely so before I even started like peeking from the gram uh like uh I, just, I was just like tripping balls like I was pretty high already <laughs> and um like there's there's like this gay couple and they're just like you know grinding dancing having a good time like i love gay people like whatever it's cool um and then i looked behind me and there's just shirtless guys which is not anything abnormal like in a rave like you know it gets hot it gets sweaty so I just take the shirts off but i was like wait like that's that's like really gay too and like there's these two like hot chicks grinding i was like that's gay too and at this point i was high and i was fully convinced I was at a 100% homosexual rave. The entire crowd around me, at that moment, I was just convinced that they were homosexuals. 
And I was just so uncomfortable. And you know when like artists like spell their names out in like songs sometimes? Like I was watching Troy Boy, so he knows T R O, but I was so fucked up. I couldn't put the letters together. <laughs> so I thought he was saying he was like spelling out like L G B T Q. I was so fucked. I was like, yo, I'm at a gay rave, man. I looked at my buddy. I was like, man, we gotta get the fuck out of here. Like, yo, we're in a gay rave. And he looked at me, he was like, yo, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> but he just knew I was tripping. So we just went to grab some water. And then while we grabbed the water, like, that's when I started peeking. Like, I was fucked. Um, like, you know when you drink a lot, sometimes you, like, brown out? That's what I like to call it, where you just kind of, like, remember flashes. That's kind of what my, le- the like, the rest of the night was a little bit. Um... Like, the lights were trailing. Like, I was fucked because there was so many lights and they were moving and warping. Um, and I think my eyes were, like, rolling back, too, in the middle of the dance floor. And, like, I was just, like, a fucking drone robot just, like, slowly dancing and, like, moving to the beat. I was just fucked. And one of the flashes of, like, the little I remember was, like, a couple walking past me. And they are like, what the fuck? Like, they were, like, genuinely worried because I think my eyes were, like, rolling back and shit. And uh, even when the rave was over, um, we were all, like, lining up to meet the artists. And, like, I was still moving. Like, I was still, like, dancing to the beat. And I didn't even know. And my buddy was like, yo, like, are you okay? And I was like, oh, shit. And I, like, caught myself, like, dancing. I was fucked. Um, And I got, like, a rash on my face from doing too much. But it was all good. I just went home, watched the movie, and just fucking passed out. (laughs) But, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, give you guys a quick voicemail. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I do still have so much to say, but again, like I'm just winging it. I should have like wrote some shit down, but yo, y'all doing a great fucking job. Um, y'all are going to soar. You're going to do so good with this podcast. Uh, dopey nation. Peace out. Chris and Dave. Peace. Love you all, man. Stay strong. Peace. Andrew. Andrew. I love that voicemail. I love the voicemail. I love the uh, the voice too. The you know, he sounds like he sounds like, like he's. Like, I think he's pretty young. He sounds like a young gay Lars from Metallica. But he's not gay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he, he's, he sounds like he's. He sounds like Lars from Metallica. Does but, he? but he was like Norwegian or something, Scandinavian, and grew up in Andrew's Canadian. Yeah. somewhere in Canada. He's great. It was a great, great, funny. Yeah, story. Yeah, thank you, Andrew, man, and stay strong and. I know you're still loving it, and you're you're deep in the uh, the abyss of drugs and alcohol. It sounds like it's still having some fun, but I also feel like it could turn on you. And you kind of hinted at that in the beginning a little bit. Listen, and, Andrew's going to do his thing. And if you do, try associatives. <laughs> Andrew's doing his thing. He's doing his thing. He's gay That's raving. He's smoking weed. <laughs> he's having a good time. Yeah. When it when it starts to be less fun, you know. I, the weird thing, the weirdest thing is because I hear this story and I'm, I'm, you know, I like gay raving and I like smoking weed. <laughs> I like all that stuff. But the weirdest thing is like, I'm pretty happy to not have to do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm happy to not be on my fourth bong hit. Yeah. Like, and I would take fucking eight bong hits. I don't give it, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, my point is like, you don't realize that not doing it is going to be fun. It's just weird. It's a weird thing that happens. Well, when you get fucked up for a long time, this is what Ryan Roy, the tattoo guy, said. There's almost like a psychedelic component to sobriety. Right. Even but beyond that, it's just fun. I have a really good time. Yeah, me too. So um, 
I wanted to hear your. Uh, we were going to revisit some gay dopey. Yeah, yeah. So I, Dave and I were talking. We we're trying to do a little bit of show notes before we start, and um, I uh, a little you. bit. This is serious. You should take a picture of this <laughs> I will. for Instagram. I'll take a picture after. So uh, Dave, we have lists, and I cross them out when we're done. <laughs> Uh, Dave and I are going to follow up this story with a couple sort of quick gay snippets from our using history. And this is called Gay Stuff. Gay Stuff. On this the show notes. Gay, it's gay Stuff. Yeah. Gay Stuff. You don't have to cross it out yet. We oh, never... I thought you should cross it out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so mine's just real quick. I actually told this in one of the really early episodes and, um, we've decided we're going to, cause we ran through most of our like, you know, hardcore stories. So we're going to retell some of them every once in a while. Cause we got new listeners who don't listen to the old stuff. So mine, without going into the whole entire thing, I feel like I've gotten really sexual in this episode. It always makes me a little sheepish. When did you get sexual? In the beginning, the dugout. You didn't, you just said you fucked some chick without lube in the butt. It wasn't sexual. It was matter yeah, of fact. It's not sexual. <laughs> it's it pretty antiseptic sex. It was okay. matter of fact. All right. Uh, okay, so anyways, I was in this... Um, was it good? I don't remember. So no, then it wasn't sexual. Not. So it's just whatever. It's a, it's a, it's a fact. Uh, okay, so... This story is very sexual. Though. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to go into the, the nitty-gritty of how I got here, but I was in a traumatic brain injury institution to avoid going to prison. That's all you need to know. And I ran away for the night, and I went and I hung out with this guy. He looked like a skinhead. He bicked his head. Um, he was also a client of the brain injury institution. However, he, had to, he got to live in his own apartment off campus. So, and I knew he got high, so I went and I met with him. We got a bunch of meth. And I shot meth and injected it, and he smoked it. And this guy's apartment was fucking disgusting. It was literally the grossest apartment I've ever seen. It was um, just, like, garbage everywhere. There was cat shit all over the apartment because he had a girl live with him for, like, two months who had a cat, and they never got a kitty litter, and he never cleaned it up. So there's just cat shit all over the place. There was just porn mags, porn DVDs. He didn't even – he had a loft upstairs where his bed was, which he didn't sleep on. He just slept on the couch. It was just disgusting. It was really gross. It was wall-to-wall with pornography and cat feces. And cat feces. Okay. And he's a skinhead. And he's, like, a skinhead. And a but traumatic has, brain injury. And a traumatic play. brain injury. Okay. And, but he has Grateful Dead tattoos, like the bears or whatever. It's just a, a mishmash of identities this kid was, right? And he was older. Remember his name? It was Chris White. It was his name. So you just outed He's Chris. probably dead. Uh, <laughs> He's probably running the traumatic brain yeah. Yeah. So uh, I shoot the meth, and you get really horny on meth. And so we start watching porn, and um, I start jerking off. And he starts jerking off, too. So I'm in this reclining sort of lazy So you're boat. high on meth with this weird guy, and you're like, I'm just going to... I'm going to watch porn with him and jerk off. Yes. Okay. Okay. And so uh, he's on the couch, and I'm on this um, reclining lazy boy, and we're watching porn, and um, I'm jerking off, and I have like a paper towel. In front of him. In front of him. But you I got your dick I kind of have a... No, I kind of... In front I of the skinhead I kind of took a big like lump of paper towel or like a roll of it, and I like... Wrapped it around so like you couldn't actually see my penis. Did you do that on purpose? There was like yeah, there was like a sock, it was almost like a sock, you know, like a cylinder, you know. Yeah. He was just like you know bare hands going at it, right? And so we're watching porn, we're both jerking off, and this is so bad. I, I really hope nobody I know ever listens to this. And like your mom, <laughs> your sister. <laughs> and so we're jerking off, and while I'm doing it, he says to me, "For your dad." Oh my dad, he doesn't listen. He knows better. And so, my dad's hearing. <laughs> oh my god, I'm sorry, Alan. Uh, and so Chris goes to me while we're jerking off. 
let me suck your dick. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I didn't even say what. I just said no. <laughs> and I kept jerking off. And I remember being shocked a little bit. But with the meth, you, your libido goes through your roof. Your libido goes through your roof. Wait, were roof. you shocked that you said no? Or were you shocked that he asked? I was shocked. Shut up. I was shocked that he asked. But I, but I didn't even display like that I was surprised. I just said no. I was like, well, that's weird. I didn't know he was gay. And I said no. And, and I don't even think he was gay. I think he's just everything. You know, whatever. Sexually fluid. He was when actually. He, shoots meth. he was actually. I think when he shoots fluid. meth, he was like that. So he says no. He ended up asking me over and over, and I keep jerking off. In that night, I probably jerked off nine or ten times in front of him. In front of and him, and he's just and he's doing the same you. thing, and he's doing the same thing. And it was so bad the next day that my dick was like raw and like bleeding. You know, like bubble blood through the skin because I had literally worn off so much skin from just jerking. Imagine the next and, day, and on meth. You got you get this huge libido, or I would get this huge libido, but you're also like kind of impotent. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't get really hard. Like it's really hard to uh, like to, you to go want. to climax. It's like hard to climax and stuff. And but you can, so you just keep. keep so you doing jerked it. off nine times. I, I don't. I didn't keep track. Like way over five, maybe ten. And the next day, it was like it was hard. But to, you didn't. You don't know that to be fair. I don't know how more than five for sure. More than how five. do you know that? Because I mean, I could, I could traditionally, I could traditionally at that point place. in my life, in that point in my life, on no drugs or other drugs, I could probably have sex four or five times in a night when I was that old, and it was way more than I could normally have. So I know it was more than four or five. But couldn't you Does probably? Sense to you? Couldn't you probably masturbate more than you could fuck? Yeah, but even so, but, even that. But even back even. then, I couldn't. I, I mean, my plateau and my, That's a my, lot. my plateau at my sexual peak. Without adding substances, without having chem sex or whatever, was four or five. And it was way more than that, that night. I know that. So that's how I know the number. You, I can imagine the guy the next day, he's like talking to one of his best gay friends. He's like, I can't believe the straight guy that was at my house last night. He just masturbated in front of me nine times and he wouldn't let me blow him. <laughs> I remember leaving his You're like house. the biggest tease in skinhead gay history. <laughs> I remember leaving his house the next day and I was like I didn't go back to the place. Usually I ran away for the night and I'd come back in the morning and I was gonna be late and they were gonna know I ran away for the night, the brain injury place, and I was like, they're gonna drug test me. So I had this vial of urine that he had this like rubber ducky and I put it inside this rubber ducky that I used to tie around my dick so it was in like my grundle spot. And it was literally like five miles to walk back. He lived really far away from the center. So I walked five miles and I had no water. And I remember I sweat so much when I was walking around. This is in Bakersfield, California. And I'm sweating, sweating, sweating. And I ended up like running out of sweat where I dried out. And I literally got back to the place and I was like going to collapse. And I came in and I had to sign in. And they instantly drug tested me. I tried to use the vial of urine. It didn't work and I got in trouble. Did you see him again? Yeah, I saw him a few other times. Did you masturbate? I used to have a picture of him. I don't think I have Did him. you masturbate in front of him again? That was the only time we ever masturbated. We ended up shooting crack the next time we hung out. What? Was he like, you want to watch porn? Was he like quick to do it? No, it was just the meth, the porn thing. It was just with the meth at one time. So he wasn't dying for it? No, it was just from the meth. That was the only time that came out with him. It's amazing. How old were you? 23, maybe? Yeah, my gay dopey story is nothing compared to that. That's a high octane story, as yeah. some people might say. That is, somebody might say. <laughs> yeah. um, 
Should I tell mine or should I not? Yeah, even tell? fucking tell it, dude. Well, I my, love your story. I, just, I love the. I can't, I'm going to spoil it if I say what I My like. gay story is. Uh, okay, it was the 4th of July. Yeah. It was many, many, many years ago. I was probably 19 or 20. Yeah. And uh, I was with Todd. Yeah. And I was with Ryan, who called into the show a million years ago. Yeah. And uh, we were buying acid in the meadow from this amazing acid dealer from the meadow. He looked like Carlos Santana. Yeah. And he sold these double-dipped sheets of this uh, red LSD, which had suns. Okay. And each dose had a sun, but somehow it also made these bigger suns. Oh, when sheet. you look at the whole sheet. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and we went out to him, and he was I like... I heard you have acid. He's like, yeah, I have acid. And we're like, well, how do we know it's not fake? And he's like, here. And he gives he gives us four doses. He goes, take them and come, and back. come back when you know they're not fake. Th- that's why acid is such a beautiful drug because no other drug. Yeah. You know what I mean? An acid dealer would do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of course. Especially it's like that. they're not really in it. For, like they're in it for the money, but not really. No. <laughs> no way. No way. Yeah. I don't know. That's a whole other thing yeah. because acid's so cheap. It's to so make. cheap, and, and it's but it's just like you know, there's never like a hustle with it. It's just like, hey no. man, you know, like. Well, but the thing is, I made more money from selling acid than I made selling any other drug in my life. Well, it's also you're not going to gobble it all up. You smoke weed, you sell any of that shit. If you're an addict, you're going to use it. Even if you're an addict and you abuse acid, it's like hard to really abuse it right you know if you I mean? abuse it you're really if you really abuse abused. it you're not selling it like you're no. fucking going off the deep end well and you but you could be selling it too but it's so powerful and yeah, it's like the, you're, you're fucking you're, you're a weirdo i did not abuse acid like that yeah but the guy and um and todd it's like it's so funny because todd was the responsible one todd was like i'm driving and i'm not going to take any acid yeah so me and ryan each took the two doses and we like start tripping and, and it was really, really strong. So we went back and we bought the two sheets and we each took another two doses and we're leaving the city to go upstate. And, um, I remember we're pulling out on the West side highway, like on the four doses, fucking listening to Jimi Hendrix, Bold as Love, which is like a very psychedelic song. It's yeah. like, and it was very, it's like the sun's going down and we're on the highway and the light is hitting yeah. the buildings and it's very exciting. We're young. We're driving up to the upstate New York and the country in the summertime on the 4th of fucking July. It's very like, you know, whatever you want to say it is. It's like, uh, what's the word? Like, uh, perfect. Surreal. It's surreal, but it's like that youth that, that's like the glory. It's real glorifying the drug in okay. the moment. Yeah. We're really feeling it. Yeah. And, uh, and we're halfway upstate and we're like we should go to woodstock and uh like where woodstock like was. the site yeah, of yeah, woodstock yeah. at bethel because we, we were like pilgrimage we, to woodstock yeah, yeah we would watch the woodstock documentary literally five times a week like we'd okay. watch it like constantly yeah and uh and we get up to the upstate town and there's traffic because it's the fourth of july and the fireworks are that's all they do they like wait the whole summer for the fourth of july whatever yeah and um we get to a gas station and um Todd's like, you guys should get some orange juice because that'll really like make the <laughs> LSD come on. And yeah. I fall out of the car and I'm tripping, like I'm tripping yeah. face, like yeah. like uh, Andrew. Yeah, I'm tripping face and I fall out of the car and my hand touches the ground and I look at the ground 
and it's just fucking psychedelic paisleys. Like, just the asphalt has become yeah. total, like, East Indian design. Well, asphalt's pretty psychedelic on its own. Right. So if you're tripping and but, looking at that closely... But super, you know, everything is interconnected, and it's all paisley shapes, and, I, and I, my hand is in it, and I'm yeah. like, whoa. And then I go inside, and I buy, like, two big things of Tropicana orange juice, yeah. and we get back in the car, and we drive to... Bethel, the site of Woodstock, and 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 it's night now, and, yeah. and we're tripping so hard, yeah. and the and the the sky is just black with the stars, yeah, you know, and we're in a field, yeah, and uh, and we go out there, and we had just bought a Tobacco Master bong, yeah. and the Tobacco Master, like I love the Tobacco Master, Tobacco Master, are like cheapies, right? They're cheap bongs. For us, they weren't, but in <laughs> retrospect, they were. Yeah, they were like two and two two and a half foot. Plastic clear tube. They get the job done with though. a stem yeah. that that you can't take it's off. Built in, yeah. And there's no. Slide. It's like an old eighties or nineties yeah. bong, yeah. 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 And it's got like a carb on the side of it. Yeah. And we get out there and we realize like we don't have any water, so we're going to use the orange juice for yeah. the water, and it's yeah. very psychedelic because yeah. it's this orange bong, you know, with the yeah. orange water, and um, and we're sitting there in the field, and uh, every car that comes. The light is so bright from the headlights because there's no trees, there's no nothing. Every car that comes over the the mountain, it's just everything gets white. Yeah. And it's like, and I bug out. I'm just like, it's the cops. I know it's the cops. And we, and I just start freaking out. And probably Ryan was freaking out. And and Todd, Todd had just smoked himself to oblivion. He was like, I'm going to catch up. Yeah. So he just kept smoking and smoking and smoking yeah. until finally, like. I think me and Ryan were too paranoid on acid to stay there because yeah. we're just sitting there in the middle of the field and it was like yeah. it was not a safe time to smoke weed in yeah. Bethel and like now it probably is. Yeah. And we get back in the car and and we start driving and I start like seeing open-eyed visuals of like machines like working together. Yeah. And then I just start to think about our group of friends. Yeah. And like when we smoked you'd be like pack me a fat bong man and i just started thinking how gay it was yeah. and in my head it was like the bong became this phallus yeah. and we're asking each other to take this big bong hit and i'm sitting in the car and i'm seeing this like machine very penile yeah and then i see this machine in my head like this iridescent like and i'm like we're gay <laughs> And the weed is just a cover for the fact that we want to suck each other's dicks. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this is a horrible thought. Yeah. And and then you know it it passed. And um, that and is so similar. It's very similar to Andrew's story. Is it? Yeah. I mean, mine was just like a gay thing. Like yours was like the same thing, the same sort of deal as his. But it was like our, we were very close friends, yeah. and the friendship was totally hinged on smoking weed together. Yeah. Like it was the crux of our group of friends' friendship. We'd play music and we'd smoke weed together, and we'd pack. He'd be like, "Here's this big bong hit." You yeah. pack the bong and you hand it over. Yeah. And it was just very. It was just. It was just funny. I love that story. And, and then and we called it the, the gay tripper story. The gay tripper, yeah. If you want to hear the original, it's gay tripper. I think we might have erased I, that one. Did we? I think that, that was a lost tape? I think that's a lost tape. Oh, okay. The Let gay us know tripper. if it's a new one. I it doesn't matter. Story. It's a classic. And we got to Ithaca. And then um and then I started selling acid. And I would keep the acid in the back of the C D cases, you know, between where the disc goes in the back, you can oh, break it yeah, off. When you, the, the, um, the black part you could take off. So yeah. not in the booklet, like actually hidden deep. Yeah. Oh, wow. We would keep all of there, our yeah. acid there. No, and I would... I would you we'd, didn't have to hide acid. <laughs> no, but that's... You'd know where it was. 
Yeah. Nobody could find it. Yeah. You couldn't touch it. It was in your CD thing. It was yeah. totally safe. Yeah. And you could, I mean, we'd spend like $40 on a sheet and we'd sell them for five bucks each. We'd in make college. 500 bucks a sheet. Yeah, of course, dude. You know, you buy, Se- we bought Sega Genesis with it. We paid for cable. That's how old I am. Yeah. I had Sega Genesis in college. Yeah, um, that's old. Because Sega Genesis, I was like 10. Grade school. Yeah. You're like 10. Anyway. That's the Gay Tripper story. That's it. And we're, was this it? Is this the episode? No. Drop us a review. We're not done. What do we got left? We got stuff. We're, we're maxed out here. Where are we at? 105. All right. Um, <laughs> oh, we got to do the ad. We also we have to do the ad, but we didn't do um, the reviews. We didn't do the review of the week. I'm going to do a review. Okay. I'm going to do... This review is from Elisa, who gives us... One star, and she says, I'm assuming it's a woman, it might be Miss Ginger, uh, not funny. I ha- I love to tell, listen to, I'm going to do that, that, I want to do that. Oh, you're going to do that, yeah. okay. I love to tell, listen to stories of addiction and recovery. It doesn't take a lot to entertain me, and I still found this podcast to be utter dog shit, with a money sign as the I. Um, you think the money sign would be the no, S? Yes. No, she made it as the I. Oh, really? Because she was she didn't want people to read shit. Oh, okay. So she used the money sign as the I. The guys have no real interesting personalities, and the guests are guys and girls in meetings that you can't stand listening to them share. It's like being in a really bad meeting with no timer. Ten crazy people and a coffee pot, or more like a day room at a rehab. 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 You love bad reviews. It makes you so excited. I don't want them, though. But read, got... a, read a good one now. Okay. A... And tell us when it's from. Okay, this one is from August 9th, 2017. From Rhymer. Uh, and it's for the recovering addict and alcohol... Oh, no, I wanted to read this one. Read that one. It's from... It's called Da. Okay. It's from Dre from Folsom. Yeah. From August 7th, 2017. And he says, I just had to say something about the last episode. I find it so weird that Dave hasn't heard of heroin being measured in points. How do you know how much you are getting? Bags? (laughs) How much is in a bag? How many bags in a bundle? How do you East Coasters... Why do you East Coasters have to make things so complicated? LOL. I'm from California. And have always been confused when you guys mentioned buying a said number of bags. So if you had 80 bucks, you would get a number of different bags. In California, we would get one gram for 80 bucks in one bag. Have listened to every, have listened to every episode at least once and never thought of writing a review. But once I heard that Dave never heard the phrase points of heroin, I felt compelled to ask. Anyways, you guys are doing a great job with the podcast, and I look forward to seeing you both make it big and becoming famous. Dre from Folsom. That's great. I don't know point. I, didn't, I mean, I knew what a point was from living in California and doing meth. I've never even heard of a point of heroin. It was just a point of meth. Well, what you said was... a point was, of meth would be like a decent shot. It'd get you going for... But what you a, said was, and it made a lot of sense, was it was point one. It was point one of a gram. Yeah. Yes, it's a tenth of a gram. And then the teener is a, a half of an eighth. No, or listen, six, a sixteenth. Dre... From Folsom, I appreciate the review. I yeah. love this review. Thank you and for I, listening. And I feel like an idiot, but like, 
what the fuck? I just bought bags. Yeah. And in the bundle... And that's what everybody says in the East Coast. Boston, New York, whatever. They say, you got bags. And, um, and a bundle is usually 10 bags. But I've heard of 12 bags bundles. Haven't you I mentioned... I bet you the bags are a point. Who knows? You yeah. think it's a point? In yeah. a bag? Yeah, it's point one in a bag. Yeah. And like... You know, you might be getting a bundle for the you get ripped off and pay 120, and you might get a good bundle for 65. Yeah, the price doesn't even you know, the, the number of bags and the price doesn't really mean anything. None of it means anything. <laughs> None of it means it's anything. just like if you're getting a good yeah. hookup or not. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I love this review, and I and I like being able to answer the question in it. Yeah. So stay strong and thank you. But let's do the ad. Big news. Big we news. have we our second second ad. Second ad. Actually, there's two ads we have to do. There's another, one. There's another one. What is that? I'll tell you after this one. It's a surprise. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So this is an ad for the Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll podcast. The uh, SDR podcast, that is. Yeah, SDR podcast. It is a weekly show with radio host Ralph Sutton and comedian Big J Okerson. Fucking SDR is always the number one drug podcast on iTunes. If you search for it? Yeah. If you search under drugs, which is what I always search for, SDR is the uh, gold seal of drug podcasts. There you go. Um, and they, they're reaching out to us for an ad. So I mean, That means something. I hope that means something. They interview people like Gene Simmons of Kiss, the actress Jennifer Esposito, the Impractical Jokers from True TV, and tons more. They do. They have guests from porn stars to rock stars. Uh, I've listened to a bit of it. It seemed very, very funny. You liked it? Hilarious. All right. And I also think you guys should check it out. And you should write them a review and mention you heard it on Dopey. So say the name again and how you it's find SDR. it? It's SDR. You can find it at the SDRshow.com. And to subscribe, which we want you to do, is you just look up SDR wherever you listen to podcasts, like iTunes or Stitcher or... Podbean, I guess. We've and we've been trying to get uh, porn stars on Dopey. We've been trying to get Jenna Jameson, who responds to us, but we haven't been able to get her. Jenna on. Jameson sends me big red hearts. Yes, but she doesn't want to come on Dopey. No, is that she doesn't want to come on Dopey, or that, um, or what? Or she's just too busy. She says she's too busy, but I think she just doesn't want to come on Dopey. Mm. What do you think? I don't know. I'm not what sure. would you guess? I would guess. Um, you see she her with her baby. I do. I have. And she ha- and so check out SDR because I want our ad to work. So go to the Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll podcast. Yeah, and drop them a review and say Dopey sent you. Yeah, just do that. It could be helpful. Just do all that stuff. What do you want? What are your ads? They seem like good guys over there. What's your ad? Is that enough time for the ad? Yeah, I think that was pretty good. What's your ad? Uh, okay, so my ad is um, we got an email with a story from a guy. I don't know if we actually read it or not. Um, but he, uh, owns a vape shop and, um, he didn't even want an ad. He didn't want it. I just offered him and he'll send me, he said he's, he already said he'd send it, uh, some free vape stuff. So I thought I'd mention it anyways. He owns a vape shop and the vape shop, I'm trying to find it. You are the worst ad ad reader. Well, there is no ad. I'm supposed to give his vape shop a shout out. Um, I think it was 360 vapes. Hold on. Let me pause this for a second. All right, I'm back. I'm sorry. I, I had to look up uh, his company. It's called 360 Vapors. Um, that's 360, the numeric, 360 com. And he uh, he makes vape juices. 
That's and great. And he's going to send me a couple, and I'll let you know how it is. Go check it out. It's an Did online Did you give store. him your address? He actually looks like it has... I haven't given it to him yet. All his liquid is 80 VG or higher, and he... Um, What's 80 VG? There's VG some kind and of PG. VG. some kind of vagina thing? I think it's like vegetable glycerin. I don't know what the fuck it is. It's like how... How viscous the juice is, to use a word from my injection molding days. I don't know if they use that term in the vaping community, but basically how thick the juice is. So would you say it's about the overall viscosity of the juice? Yes, that is what it's about. And But looking at his prices, he has some sick deals. Um, in, uh, in August, he has a certain uh, flavor called Julius, a 30 ml bottle for 10 bucks, which is a great fucking deal. Anyways, 360vapors.com and... Uh, Check it out. But more importantly... SDR. Go to SDR. Go to SDR. And mention us. And mention us. If you want to see Dopey succeed, go to SDR and mention us. And if you want some more Dopey, it sounds like if you go to SDR, they kind of have a little bit of our format. Does it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I also jumped on your vape thing, and I told them I want the strong stuff. Did so you? They're, yeah, they're going to send you the 12 milligram no, stuff No, 12 is too much. You got jittery. <laughs> I, want, I like the jitter. All right. Um, anyway, stay strong. Drop us a review on iTunes, too. Follow us on Facebook. Like us on Twitter. Whatever, on Instagram. We're on Reddit. We got all sorts Dude, of Dude, follow us problems. on Twitter. I've got like 100 followers. Yeah, Dave does the Twitter, which is meek. It's not meek. It's bad. It's bad. It's fucking bad. All right. But you think you could do a better job? No. I don't even get it. I don't understand it. Um, I want to make another shout out to uh, Crazy Otter for his Jerry Garcia dopey image today. Thank you, Crazy Otter. And uh, Stay strong. And we'll close it out with one more shout out to Tyler. We'll sandwich it. Tyler in the beginning, Tyler at the end. One more thing. Yeah. I wanted to say this. I don't remember what I was going to say. Oh, leave a review on iTunes. Don't leave one-star reviews. I don't care. Leave a one-star if you think it's a one-star podcast. I'm fine with that. And also, um, we're going to finish today with Cormac's version of Good So Bad. Oh, nice. Okay. Awesome. Sweet. Okay. All right. Stay strong in two Stay strong, my brothers and sisters. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad. want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desire's all I ever had. And I want to take a ride up in the sky. Watch this airplane just pass me by And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive But I want to be good so bad Want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had Shadows getting smaller and smaller And it's time to where I stand Shadows getting smaller and smaller And it's time to where I stand And I wonder would they pay it any mind When I leave this busted city far behind I'll take the high road however far it winds 
Cause peace and love are very, very, very hard to find And I wanna be good so bad Wanna be good so bad, so bad I wanna be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had Damn it, all these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had Suckers make me mad and I wanna call my dad and it's all I ever had 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 and these suckers make me mad and it's all I ever had and I wanna call my dad and it's all I ever had 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 and it